professor, physician, epidemiologist. I am Dr. Sri Banerjee. Hello everyone, I'm Dr. Sri Banerjee, core faculty for the College of Health Sciences and Public Policy at Walden University with the joint faculty uh, position at Ross University School of Medicine. And in this uh, video, I'm going to be going over um, something called a Polaris. Um, and this is a process, um, a health policy process um, that has been identified by the Centers for Disease Control. Um, as a good way um, to provide um, health, um, to, it's it's a good way of thinking. It's a it's a good approach um, with the policy process. So the first thing that starts off is identifying the problem, um, and problem identification can um, look like many things in many different contexts. I'm going to start off by saying this. Um, when it's going out into the community, um, writing a problem statement um, may involve, um, you know, within stakeholder engagement and education throughout the process. Um, so, identifying a root cause and then developing a detailed problem statement that includes the problem's effect on a population's why is problem identification important because there's underlying true problems causing a public health issue which is not obvious and um, oftentimes this is used this uh, metaphor is used with the tip of the iceberg um, to make sure you're identifying the true um, underlying problem uh, causing the public health issue which is not always obvious but with um, techniques like um, regression analysis, this is able to be um, kind of uh, uh, gleaned out. So stakeholders on your policy journey can include those who are affected by the policy directly or indirectly. They would love to know what's going on. Um, those directly involved with or responsible for the policy. Um, and then uh, people whose jobs or lives might be affected by the policy or any part of the policy process. Um, so this may include uh, community, community members and leaders, um, neighborhood associations and networks, um, those with strong influence in the community, um, media, clergy, doctors, CEOs, um, state and local health departments, um, interest groups, um, and funders and other resource providers. Um, so schools and educational groups, funders and other resource providers, evaluators, legislators, government officials, and other policymakers are also other stakeholders that you may want to involve. Um, so think about these a little um, and see if you're actually involving all parts, all parties um, in the stakeholder. Um, you can identify potential stakeholders by uh, networking with existing partners. Um, so underlying, identifying that underlying public health problem, again, getting to that, um, how do you do that? Um, it can be used um, for a variety of health um, topics. The public health ex uh, example um, is very generic, um, providing neighborhood A, neighborhood B. Um, and looking into prenatal care, but um, this can be applied to um, any sort of public health problem, again, um, replacing out um, the problem that has been um, provided. 
I'm so, how do you, again, identify the problem? Um, combining existing research, and again, this is very, um, there is no, the problem is, the problem with identifying the problem, um, is that there is no one answer. Um, you can identify the problem by identifying the root cause of the problem, and I've actually written assignments on this, by collecting information and then talking with stakeholders, you can do that. Um, and you can start by doing an environmental scan, and an environmental scan I actually uniquely specialize in, in terms of geospatial context, um, a literature review. Um, and if necessary, surveys uh, within the community. Um, so, for instance, um, instead of obesity, you can say lack of access to fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, and that's the underlying cause that is leading to obesity. Um, and doing this can help you better understand what is contributing to the issue and identify possible policy solutions. Um, for those of you that may not know what a literature review is, um, and, and many people that are um, newly minted um, uh, getting into research, um, a literature review is simply an examination of the current body of research about your policy problem that can include possible policy options. This kind of review may help you identify what is known about the policy options as well as gaps in the current research. Um, so instead of research problem, right now you're looking for a policy problem, um, which changes the approach in how you um, get to identify the problem. Um, an environmental scan, a proactive systematic collection of information about events, trends, and expectations of what you might encounter during the policy process. Um, so what are the questions that you're asking when you're developing your problem statement are um, kind of the five basic questions. Who is affected? How big is the problem? What contributes to the problem? And when and where the problem is most likely to occur? Um, and your problem statement might not address each one of these questions. Um, but if you think about these, then um, it can create a very um, sort of robust um, sort of problem statement. Um, the public health example below is for illustration and demonstrates the concept of, de of developing a problem statement. So focus on that rather than the topics um, because they can be they can be used for uh, a variety of health topics. And actually those of you that are instructors um, and, and, and faculty, um, this is a good approach instead of having to switch um, case studies um, uh, from term to term, um, creating prototypes and then switching um, the different topic areas might be um, a way to simplify the process. Um, so this is specifically looking at um, drinking and driving among teenagers. Um, although fewer teens are drinking and driving, um, this risky behavior is still a major public health problem in this community. Drinking and driving among U.S. teens decreased by 50% from 1991 to 2012. Um, but among high school teenagers, um, this is still, uh, it, it still is consistently a problem. 
um, and about 2.4 million times per month um, this takes place. Um, so the statistics show that one in five teen drivers involved in fatal crashes had some alcohol in their systems. Um, um, and, and, and so a lot of these uh, risk factors for teen, believe it or not, for teen drinking and driving include lower socioeconomic status. Um, and, and maybe they don't have access to a car, um, and so lower driving driver education levels. Um, and, and, and so um, sometimes um, access to alcohol um, also uh, has an impact. Um, so make sure to frame the problem in a way that helps illuminate possible policy solutions. So you don't want to de-emphasize one um, portion to emphasize another. You want to make sure that there's um, a, a, a kind of uh, understanding of the problem statement um, and a complete picture of it. Um, so it should include who is affected. It should include how big the problem is. It, sh it should include what contributes to the problem. And, and then finally, when and where the problem is most likely to occur. Um, these need to be there and then it will allow for the framing of the problem in a way that helps illuminate possible policy solutions. Um, so what additional tools are um, out there? Um, well, there's um, this um, Fast Stats um, and this is by uh, produced by the National Health Center for Health Statistics. I want to share this unique resource with you um, because it uh, oftentimes students are grappling with uh, trying to um, identify um, a research topic, public health problem, um, or um, an area that um, interests them in, in, in clinical medicine. And this is a, a quite a comprehensive list of uh, many different conditions. Um, uh, and uh, you can kind of click on um, any one of these and see um, more information. Um, about that um, if you want to look at, for instance, chronic obstructive pulmonary diseases. Um, you can look at um, some of the epidemiological facts um, that are surrounding that. Um, and also um, visitation in emergency rooms um, and office-based visits. Um, so you can right off the bat say, see that um, uh, percent of adults who have ever been diagnosed with uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, emphysema, or chronic bronchitis is 5%. Um, and that's as of 2020. Um, and that's looking at National Health Interview Survey. Um, and that's another um, large nationally representative data set. Um, so let's backtrack a little um, and then um, look for um, another resource that's out there um, in policy analysis, um, and it's an online training course. Um, and it goes into um, how to um, write a research problem. Um, and uh, first of all, introduction to economic evaluation. Um, and this looks at um, some of the um, economic um, considerations and um, just taking a quick look at what this course is all about. 
Um, it's a description of main evaluation methods, including their uses and summary measures, explaining the benefits of economic evaluation methods for public health decision making. So the approach, um, instead of using um, a um, kind of disease-based approach or um, a social determinants, um, and this is part of social determinants, the public health decision making comes from an economic evaluation method approach. Um, so um, concepts like program time frame and analytic horizon um, and study perspective. Um, so those individuals that are public health practitioners, um, program managers, policy analysts, program evaluators, and health scientists um, should be uh, part of this. Um, here are the learning objectives, um, and they're very similar to the course descriptions. And um, this is looking at some um, outdated um, material at the bottom. Um, so it, it's, it's not only introduction to economic evaluation, next you go into introduction to policy analysis in public health. And this goes into the policy process developed at CDC and provides specific instruction on the policy analysis. Um, and I can uh, go over the course description just to um, take a look at what this is. But um, this is um, the CDC um, introduces the learner to the CDC policy process. And um, the policy process is a problem identification, um, number one, which we extensively went over in this video. Um, but it's actually a five-step process where it goes into policy analysis um, and um, in, 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 in step two and then step three strategy and policy development um, four is policy enactment and then five is policy implementation um, and again evaluation is taking place throughout this and then stakeholder engagement and education is at the center um, so uh, I, again, went over problem identification. I can briefly go over the other four. Um, policy analysis um, entails um, uh, three kind of um, subcategories, research and identify policy options. Um, and then um, in the analysis, you can describe how the policy will impact morbidity and mortality, for instance, so the health impact. B, and this is this is an interesting addition, the costs to implement the policy and how the costs compare with the benefits, um, economic and budgetary impacts. And C, the political and operational factors associated with adoption and implementation. So the feasibility of the policy implementation. Um, and then assess and prioritize policy options. Um, so if something is not really um, uh, feasible um, at, at the time due to economic measures, then um, something else might be prioritized. Um, then strategy and policy development, um, identifying the strategy for getting the policy adopted and how the policy will operate. Um, so identifying how the policy um, will, operated, will, will operate and what is needed for enactment and implementation is important. So defining strategy for engaging stakeholders and policy actors, possibly um, draft, draft the policy. Um, so that's policy development. Um, 
but then following internal or external procedures for getting policy enacted or passed. Um, that is always a challenge because um, there's always um, uh, uh, internal sort of um, hoops to jump through. Um, and, and, and so understanding how all of these work um, takes, uh, take, takes some getting used to. Um, and then policy implementation is the final step here. Translate the enacted policy into action. Um, monitor uptake and ensure full implementation. So translating policy into operational practice and defining implementation standards, implementing regulations, guidelines, recommendations, identifying indicators and measure, measures, coordinating resources, assessing implementation, uh, support post-implementation sustainability of policy. Um, so implementation is more than just implementation. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a combination of coordination, assessment, um, and then support. Um, so this is the only way to translate um, operational practice into implementation. What are the overarching domains um, in here? Um, so stakeholder engagement in education, like I said, um, uh, connecting decision makers, partners, um, uh, those affected by the policy and the general public. Um, and then evaluation. Um, so all of this can be found um, in a different document here. Um, but as I've gone through here, um, there's a lot of different types of training um, that you can be um, engagement, engaged in. Um, and there's there's different types of documents um, that are available out there than the um, traditional journal article that um, students oftentimes think of. Um, and um, in the, especially in the area of policy or interventions, um, when there is a strong evidence on policy impact, um, that's called a policy impact brief. Um, then there can be a um, policy brief um, that can provide um, some insight, um, some an issue brief, and then an information brief. So these, I'm just going, going to quickly go over because this was a um, discussion that I was um, having um, with my colleagues. The four types of briefing documents um, and information brief um, is provides a summary of the research on a policy method approach or other related topic um, like behavioral economics um, or the health and all policies approach. Um, an issue brief provides a summary of the best available evidence on a public health problem with policy implications. Um, it's a, most appropriate when no policy solutions are known to exist and the issue is still in the problem identification domain of the policy process, but um, uh, otherwise, um, when you have some information, um, then you're better off um, doing an information brief. Um, and, and then a policy brief builds on the issue brief by building by providing a summary of evidence-based um, best practices or policy options for a public health problem. So po policy brief is appropriate for issues in domains two, three, four, and five of the policy process. So all the way through implementation. Um, so policy, um, so that includes analysis, strategy, development, um, policy development, enactment, and implementation. Um, and then a policy impact brief is the most in-depth briefing document provides a summary of the best available evidence on health, economic, or budgetary impact of one of the uh, 
uh, one-on-one policies. Um, so uh, what are the steps for writing um, effective briefs? Um, well, I mean, the way to do this is um, find potential um, audiences who may be um, those who inform policy at the federal, state, local um, level. So identify the key stakeholders. Two, uh, conduct audience research. In order to translate the evidence in a way that is easy to understand, get to know your audience, don't guess or assume. So, um, for instance, um, I, I'm uh, creating, uh, um, try, try, trying to, um, in the proposal phases of, of, of uh, creating a course, um, but before that, um, um, I actually created a, a poll question in order to um, canvas and um, understand um, the target audience. Um, and then determining the purpose and making sure your material contains one obvious main message. Lead with your bottom line up front, B-L-U-F, which captures the purpose and main message. Um, and then, um, and, um, and people, different people have uh, different perspectives, but this is the CDC um, policy um, uh, context. Um, so developing content for the type of brief you want to create. Define and explain terms that may be unfamiliar to your audience. Sometimes I've seen glossaries avoid using jargon or technical terms, unless absolutely necessary, and then that can be defined. Acronyms can be defined within a glossary. Um, and organizing information into chunks with headings. A chunk is the amount of words or numbers people can hold in their short-term memory and group with other other words or numbers. Um, so a chunk should be only one idea that people can connect to other related ideas. Um, use headings to organize the label and, and label chunks. Use bulleted or numbered lists to break up text in the body of the material and make information easier to scan and read. Lists with more than seven items should be broken into sublists. Um, and and when you're making lists, um, be reasonable with these because um, some some uh, individuals uh, this may be appealing to, um, while others might um, prefer uh, another system. Um, review the CDC Clear Communication um, Index. Um, for um, other types of on communicating clearly um, with your intended audiences um, and this goes i'm not able to click on this directly um, on this link um, but this goes into infographics um, which is another area to be considering i'm um, actually uh, number five um, goes into infographics so i'm um, including at least one visual aid that conveys or supports the main message um, photographs, graphs, infographics, visual aids. Simple, well-designed visual aids go a long way. And it helps people easily and quickly grasp information. Um, make sure words and visual aids convey the same message and reinforce each other. Um, including considerations for the key audience. That's number six. Be clear about what the evidence might mean. Um, as it relates to the issue at hand, but also what it might not mean. Um, so um, framing the evidence in a way that is accurate and easy for the audience to understand. Um, so just think about the audience and what it is that applies to them and then format your brief finally. Your brief should be uh, concise, compelling, and visually appealing 
um, to your audience. Um, so th that sums up a, um, uh, 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 writing a brief. Um, in, in, in this, um, in this video, I've gone over quite a few, um, pieces of information, um, just, uh, talking about, um, how all of, um, policy implementation and actually finding and identifying, um, the problem, finding, identifying a, um, uh, a policy problem, um, can require mul multiple steps in order to um, get to the final solution. Um, and, and then there's different domains here. Um, so um, it may um, at first glance seem like there's not too much, uh, but there's definitely um, there's a policy process that I encourage you to um, go over again. Again, uh, within this video, we were not able to cover um, all of the different policy process steps that are um, that, that that are involved. Um, thank you for listening.